Hello, and welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I am your host, Vince. And I am your very tired host, Olive. What's going on? We are... Uh, guess who's back in the house? It's us. We're back in the house. Um, yes, the house has us now. The house has us now. If you're hearing this, that means finals week has yet to claim me. Um, but it is a struggle. I've got like 24 hours to do an entire final that I haven't started yet, and I'm like going crazy. You're you're doing it at home. Yeah. Have you considered cheating? Um, it's a project, so there's not much cheating you can mm. really do. Okay. And I know what you're going to say. I have thought about dropping out. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. <laughs> um, How are you, my friend? How's work going? It's it's going. It's going. PA made it, so if you enter any sort of business, you have to wear a mask, and people do not want to comply. We have been doing that for weeks here in New York. Is it mandatory? Yeah, it's mandatory. If you leave your house, you have to wear a mask. Wow. Yeah, they just implemented it. Well, it was weird because they implemented it where it was like, you have to wear a mask. And then some places were saying, like, if you come into the building and you don't have a mask on, they don't tell you to leave. They're just like, hey, put a mask on. And then it's like, okay. Or like, hey, PA lost. You have to put a mask on. But most places weren't um, enforcing it. It was just, hey, put a mask on. And then they wouldn't do it. So they just would leave. Like, they would get what they needed and then get out. Now it's absolutely mandatory that if you're going into any place of business, you have to have one on. Um, and, uh, of course, people think it's some plot against them to take away the rights. <laughs> so. People are fucking stupid. Yeah. And, like, I was talking to one guy about it. It's not It's it's not about, it's not about taking you, away dude. your rights. <laughs> it's about fucking... Uh, it's about what do you call it? Um, just respect for your fellow man. Yeah. Today, like, actually, have some courtesy. What's up? Like, have some courtesy, some safety concern. You know. Yeah. I I don't know how I can stress this more, but have care for fellow human life. Like some people just can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's and like like the people that that don't give a fuck about other human life, and then on top of that are just like being being contrarians for the sake of being a contrarian like mm-hmm. today i saw a meme uh shared by a kid i went to school with on facebook now again i don't normally use facebook but because, because of bad. this yeah but because of this i i um i downloaded it again just to see what fucking white people are up to mm-hmm. and the pages epstein didn't kill himself a daily reminder Imagine listening to pedophiles and their suggestion on how to live. Hashtag COVID-19. Hashtag Holocaust. And it's a picture of that really, really high guy, that meme of that really high dude. And mm-hmm. it says, I'm going to stay inside because the pedophiles say so. I don't... I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> quick, I didn't realize... Uh, quick like, side note. That if you're in the Discord, you know about. I got new glasses and I'm fucking hyped about it. And they're convertibles. And now I'm wearing sunglasses inside. I just don't see how we've gone from this thing that we don't really know how to contain to all of a sudden it's pedophilia. 
Oh, I can't do it. It's just so fucking funny to me. People are so stupid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alright, you want to talk about the lore this week? I was going to say, speaking of stupid people, two stupid people are going to give you some some lore. (laughs) Yeah, uh, episode 96. Um, We're going to be talking about Vault 96. Now, Vault 96, I thought this was the first piece of um, Fallout 76 lore that we've ever done post-game coming out. Turns out it's not. Oh. We've done monsters and creatures and whatnot from the game. Oh, right, that yeah. I totally forgot about. But uh, Vault 96, located in the Savage Divide of Appalachia, south of Sparusnob and the RNG station. The vault was slated to be part of Vault Raids when they added it in Nuclear Winter. Uh, the quests were never added, and as the. They, they, they were never released, and as of this recording. Um, they may open up with Wastelanders. Oh, may. cool. Uh, it was uh, constructed as a genetic arc intended for eco echo ecosystem restora- restoration. It was to force nature back into West Virginia. Almost an inexhaustible number of frozen embryos ready to be artificially gestated to full maturity and automatic robots would protect, would protect them as they left the vaults. That's kind of a cool concept. This is this is such a cool concept for a vault. I'm uh, sad that it's not really implemented or anything. Yeah, like I'm upset that it's in this game because it's it's such a neat idea. They they carefully selected embryos and called it core fauna. Enough material for 112 releases until the system stabilizes itself or the outside world is always going to be uninhabitable. Uh, it, the releases were timed with vault releases. So anytime a vault open it was set that sometime beforehand, 96 would open up and let some of the uh, the core fauna out to make it a more inhabitable place for Appalachians. That's so fucking cool. Isn't that a really neat idea? Yeah, like, uh, it fits... Oh, it just brings so many pieces together of, like... Oh, why are there so many animals in this abandoned wasteland with no people around? Mm-hmm. And, like, this actually makes sense. No, it's it's a great idea. It's fucking such a... Like, and I, like I said, I was, one, a little surprised that modern Fallout had a vault this cool. Um, and I was also like, why is it in this game? Why is it in this game? Like, it could have been in, like, any other Fallout game and it would have been great, but it had to be this one. I mean... Um, it's getting better. No, it is. But uh, in ideal conditions, there were five planned releases before any of the vaults opened. Uh, they they plan to make a more inhabitable world. Uh, Vault 96 was designed to work on a skeleton crew of only six people. Randall Evola was the overseer. Ryan Harvey was a cryogenesis. Nina Valeya? I love that anime. <laughs> What's up? I love that anime. <laughs> uh, Jeanette Higgins was a roboticist, and Oren Cantwell, great name, because I don't think either of those are real names, and mm-hmm. Jasper Fry were maintenance. That's it. That's the whole vault. They had uh, huh, robots. Six people. That... Yeah, it's nobody. 
Robotics performed surveys outside the vault, proving that the outside world was much, much more hostile than expected. Rampant mutants were quickly turning the new world into a new place where the old systems stored in Vault 96 were no longer viable. The team wanted to stay on track and release the wildlife as it was planned. New genetic differences proved difficult to introduce new fauna into the ecosystem. And they thought they thought even though everything was changed, it was still better to try and introduce it than abandon the project altogether. Um... Because Vault Tech Generator One started to fail and it was experiencing intermittent uh, shutdowns, letting new mutated creatures enter the vault. These creatures were almost a uh, exact match to what was already in the vault, because it was like let's say like a Yaogwai, so it's just a bear that's like slightly mutated. Yeah. So it, the the robots didn't see anything wrong with it, more or less, and they were kind of letting it in. They were being overpowered. I'm sorry, the robots were overpowering the animals later on, but still, um, robotics handled or fended them off. Uh, they had little on spare parts, so the generator just went without repairs because it was six people in there. They didn't have a way to make new stuff, and whatever they had is whatever they had. The staff managed. To perform five manual releases before the automated ecosystem re- release system took over. The whole crew died shortly after the failing of Generator 1. But that's all we really know. We don't know why they died. We don't know what happened. As far as I know, this vault still isn't open. You still can't get inside of it. It's so compelling of a story, though. Yeah, it's so, like this. this could really be fleshed out into something really, really cool. Like I, uh, I, fucking, didn't even... I really do like it. Kind of like the seed vault that's like in, in, like in Sweden or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a fucking neat idea, and I'm so upset that like it's not it's not expanded upon expanded upon more. Like, but what sucks is right here on Fallout.fandom Fallout.fandom.com, the wiki that we use. Um, it says background, and then under that it says the following is based based on Fallout 76 unused content. This cannot be confirmed canon by canon sources. So, like... So, is that even findable in-game, any of that information? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I guess, like, the gist of it is. But, like, but Randall like Evola... the specifics are not, yeah. Like, all these names, if you click on them, it brings you to a blank page. Huh. But then, like, I think some of it is because some of it is cited. So, most of it is cited. So like there must be some hollow tapes about. Th- yeah, there has to be something. But like, I didn't write. There's not much to go over, but there's just a few more things. Like Vault sixty three ninety four ninety six are associated with Vault raids and a team quest uh, where there is an emergency in the vault that must be fixed. Player characters are notified throughout the emergency radio bro- beacon. Um, they're they're essentially dungeons. If you ever played WoW or any other MMO, they're dungeons or raids, like they're called. Um, there's a lot of just junk and whatnot outside of them. There's not really much going on. There, uh, there is 
Some notes, it is not currently possible to open the Vault 96 door or officially access the interior without using glitches. It was slated to be open alongside 94 and 63 in the summer of 2019 as part of the uh, the of nuclear winter. However, 94 was made available and closed with the release of Wastelanders, making the release schedule for 96 and 63 uncertain. The vault's interior is unfinished and has two decks along with a door making the barricade um, making a barricade blocking off the next room. The vault is infested with Mirelurks, and a Mirelurk queen is at the end of the vault in a giant chamber. The rooms can only be accessed by clipping bugs. Man, I want this to be real. I really would like to know more about this. I would like to see, like, and when I'm, when I'm, um, when I was reading this, right, I'm sitting here going, think about how interesting it could be the politics of six people that have to work together for 25 years. That sounds like an amazing light novel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, think about it. It's like, like in the Fallout universe, kind of like the Penny Arcade comic. Yeah. Like, uh, let me see the people's names. Randall Lavola is the overseer. And Jeanette Higgins is the roboticist, right? Mm-hmm. There's only two women, and there's there's four men. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Orin. I don't know. I've never met a woman or a man named Orin, so I can't say. And Jasper, that's a pretty like neutral name. Jasper, I would say that's a kind of a neutral name. Really? Yeah. Well, whatever. Let's say that there's Regardless. two women, four yeah. men. The story of how these four people interact with each other, because you know they're going to be fucking. There's only six of them, and honestly, it's like a... six of them. It's like when you start to accidentally become friends with your work friends. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Put six people in a building that's the size of your local Walmart. Yeah. I mean, how big do you think this vault is? What's up? You'll definitely be finding each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, this is this is definitely a... Uh, like, this is, this is such an interesting setup. I want to know about how, like... And what if one of them got pregnant? Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, what if one of them got pregnant and it was the biologist? And the biologist was like, uh, well, I know how to do this, but nobody else knows how to deliver a baby. So then you get Randall Avola as the dad, and you get Jasper Fry, the maintenance guy... Just trying to, like, deliver this baby, and, like, he doesn't know what to do. And then now you have to feed a fucking child. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how the vault rations worked in this vault, but they're not set up for a baby. Do they have spare clothing? Do they have another jumpsuit? Do they have something they can put I'm pretty sure jumpsuits were, like, fabricated on site with the vaults, weren't they? I don't know. I don't think so because in fallout 4 you you just kind of they're in a box so i was under the impression that they like ship them out from um vault tech hq but from like dialogue in fallout 3 and new vegas like i thought that there was like food fabricators and like cloth fabricators probably i mean i wouldn't Maybe. be surprised like, yeah food fabricators definitely mm-hmm. um but like there's so many interesting stories that can be told. And then Randall Laval is the dad. How do we know that it's not Ryan Harvey, the cryogenicist? And how do we know that, that Oren Cantwell only got the maintenance job because they needed... He was promised the spot, but he's also a biologist. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. 
So many fucking interesting Or the Vault Experiment is on those five, and one of them is a rogue agent. Oh, shit. So there's, like, two experiments going on. Yeah. Like Vault, uh, freaking 81. Or no, not 81. Uh, the one where they had the kids, like, training kids. Oh, in four? Yeah. Yeah, I've only been in that one a few times, just because it's kind of a pain in the ass to find. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about everything I have for, um... Well, Vault. shit, now you've, like, piqued my interest. <laughs> right? Isn't this super interesting? Again, yeah, I couldn't really believe cool. it was in 76. Like, there, I can already feel a fan fiction, like, drooling out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it makes you want to write. Like, you were like, oh, shit. Like, it's good shit. It's real good shit. I've actually but, been writing recently. I'm pretty excited to be writing again. Really? Yeah, I've been so, like, devoid of creativity from all this shit. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, uh, one of my, or not yesterday, but like the night before, one of my friends messaged me and said, hey, I was uh, reminiscing about our old D&D campaign. And I was like, yo, I miss that so much. I want to get the gang back together. So I started writing a sequel campaign and I'm so excited for it. I recorded a little like audio promo. Oh, nice. Um, I can actually include it if you want. I can send you the audio. It's really fucking cool. How long is it? Um, after I cut out my personalized message at the end for my D&D people, the promo itself is probably like a minute. If you want. I, I want to send it to you because I really like it. Okay. I want to play D&D with our original group over Discord, but every time I propose it, nobody gets back to me. Yeah, right now I'm actually not any in any campaigns. Yeah, I know, and I want you to DM a thing of the world that you've built up. It's a very good world. But this one is uh, Monster of the Week, so uh, it's my Beaver Springs world. I see. And I goddamn love that world. I tried writing something the other day, but I don't know, it didn't feel right. That's fair. So, have you played Wastelanders yet? I have not played Wastelanders yet, but I've seen some reviews and streams of it. Um, you've played it, though, right? Yeah. Um, the new stuff is fun until it makes you do the vanilla 76 stuff. That's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first that, like, place you go It's a really good, to... invigorating push for, yeah. um, the game mechanics, but at the end of the day, you end up getting turned back around to all the original shit, and, like, people don't want that. They want more. Yeah, I want to. I want dialogue options. Like it seems like I saw there's a that, lot of uh, skill checks, though. So that's yes. Cool. There's a lot, but what I don't like is it doesn't let you fail the skill checks. Uh like you know how New Vegas is just like you can say it anyway, and he'd be like, "No, fuck you, buddy." Yeah, or I mean, I shouldn't even say the New Vegas. Um, three did it as well, but you know what I didn't like about New Vegas's dialogue checks. It told you you had to have like forty five out of a hundred, or and you only or you instead had of a percent chance. I liked Fallout 3's percent chance because it's like rolling dice. It's like oh, I might be able to get it. Like even when you saw that ninety, you're like, Eey. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you um, knew this was fucking serious. Yeah, but comma, um, you go to the wayward is the bar that kind of starts it all off. You know who fucking voices the ghoul in there? Oh, I just um heard a video. It's 
someone famous. Yeah, it's fucking Jay of Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, did you watch Maddie's Jay new video? Muse? What's up? Did you watch Maddie's new video? No, I haven't seen it yet. It, like, just came out, right? Yeah, it just came out. I saw it right before, while I was waiting for you. Really? And I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and he mentions that Jay and Silent Bob. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, there's nothing, not that there's nothing to do, because the game... It's becoming satisfying. Like, there's choices that there. I can kill NPCs, but not all of them. That's another thing. So, I, I didn't try killing everybody in the Wayward because I assume that that's going to come to a point where I'm going to have that option, more or less, or I'm not going to be welcome in there at some point, depending on yeah. my actions. Um, but I haven't really tried to kill them, but every time I met an essential NPC, I tried to kill them, and some of them you can't kill, which I kind of understand, because it would probably, like, break the game for other people. Just throw the entire quest line off, yeah. Yeah. Um, In this, uh, I feel like in main and single-player fallouts, having essential NPCs is ridiculous, but in a multiplayer environment where you have more of these MMO aspects it makes sense for there to be essentials yeah and that's like i'm not gonna sit here and bitch and moan piss wine and complain about it but like i get that yeah it'd be nice that if i if i can kill everybody but you can't i really want to be a raider i saw that like only 40 something percent of all players have chosen raiders yeah it Um, seems like a really interesting path yeah i want to be a bad bad man um, you can tell, though, that the game was not set up for dialogue options in this way, and I love the little zoom-in. Ooh, little zoom-in. Ooh, little zoom-in when you Can you do a little zoom-in on yourself in post? Just, like, bring yourself up. Like, look away from the camera, and then look at the camera and zoom right. in. <laughs> Hold on. My, I gotta move my mic slightly. Alright. Yeah, you can tell that the game... They didn't make that. They didn't make it with dialogue intended because it takes a second to get in and out of dialogue. I've noticed. Other than that, I mean, it's not bad. Like there's, there's. I was, yeah, I was it's actually, definitely going down the right path. Yeah, and I was in a Discord call and I was going, I, you like, I'm playing the game and I'm just going. I wish this was so much better. Like I wish this was so much better. There's a. Early on, you go to this, like, demolition derby racetrack thing. Like, it's Ooh. a place that you'll pass for uh, uh, one of the early quests. Like, I'm talking the first two quests, maybe three. Because um, you have to go talk to a guy. And, like, you're there, and it gives you such a grand sense of scale. Like, that's what I really, really like about 76, is that it really gives you this feel that you're in a massive world. Like, I believe that this world could have once existed. And I remember thinking that with Fallout 4 when I first played it, when you get to the city. And being like, I really feel like this was a world that at one point in time existed, and I feel like things are grand and scaling. And you genuinely, genuinely get that feeling from 76. You really, and I've been saying that since the game came out. You do. The the forests feel huge, they feel a little overwhelming when you get to cities like, um, what's one of the first cities you come across? Uh, like Flatwoods is right there. Not Flatwoods, it's... I always see Snallygasters there. What the fuck is the city? Oh. I can't think of it. Yeah, it's, I don't it's remember destroyed. what it's called. Is it Charleston? No, no, Charleston isn't that destroyed. Whatever. It's the one that's right there in like the near the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it has like the Capitol building. I, whatever. 
that city being destroyed, I was walking around a little bit, g- gave me such a genuine sense of everything's destroyed. And, like, I can check out ruins, and it just sucks. And I, and I remember being in the Discord going, like, I was talking to some people, going, I wish it wasn't in this game. Like, I wish this wasn't the game that introduced this. Because instantly I have the feeling of I need to go explore and check everything out. But then I'm hit with the the realization that my time here is going to be even more limited than it usually is because of... I don't know if the server is going to shut down. I can't walk around alone because I can't walk, I can't walk around alone because anybody could show up at any time. Because of that, on console, the frame rate sucks. Yeah, on PC, it's definitely better and more stabilized. But, sorry, console players. But it's just like... It just I don't, I don't know. You would think you would think that like I don't know if they can do anything about it now to stabilize it. Mm-hmm. I doubt they can, but it, it's just there's these little things that every time you start having fun will just pop up and be like, like hey, it pulls you right the fuck out of it. Yeah, and it's just like don't forget this is seventy six. Don't forget this is seventy six. Don't forget this is like and it's yeah. It's, it's just like, like oh you're having fun. Sorry, I have to remind you that this is actually bad. Yeah, yeah, and and. One of the first... When this game first came out, I don't know if I ever told the story on here. I had off of work the day after it came out. Because I took off. Because I was like, I'm not, not mm-hmm. missing a Fallout game the day it comes out. Yeah. and It's like a I, release ritual. Yeah. And I had to... I had to do something. I don't remember what it was, but I had to leave the house early in the morning. And I remember, like, talking to somebody, like, calling somebody as I was leaving to go do whatever errands I had to do. And I was like, a new Fallout game came out, and I feel no urgency to play it. Ugh, I know. That's how I felt, too. It was just like, man, I really want to like this, but I can't do that. It's, it's very hard. It's very... Like, they've improved it. If you if you were thinking about giving it a try, now is the time to give it a try. I agree. But it's just like, ugh. As you're playing it, you're like, why can't you just fucking... You're like the guns are so satisfying. The pump action shotgun is They really yeah, the guns are so much it's better. So fucking nice. Like you feel I don't know, you just fucking get this sense of like really It's setting up the next game, which I know is like a shitty cop out answer, but Fuck. It's like yeah, you have a now you have a grab bag, a framework of really good mechanics, but Yeah. You gotta make them work together, dude. Yeah, and then you didn't. And you they, can't I don't know botch your oh, launch. The story, without ruining anything. Yeah, it's what do you such, think of the story? It's such a perfect apocalypse story. That's what I, I've been hearing. I've been hearing positive things about the story. It's. I'm not gonna ruin anything, but you get to you get to the wayward, and that's how everything starts. And you hear about. And before you even get to the wayward, you see people outside of 76. Because I started a new character. Um, and they're talking about a treasure. Ooh, a treasure. And this all-elusive treasure. What'd you drop this time? Uh, my entire, like, light bar just fell off the back of my monitor. This elusive, nobody quite knows, incredibly vague treasure. And I love the idea of this, because... There's gold in them hills, one, but There's two, gold in them there hills. 
there's just this... Everything gets set back to zero, right? Like, this nuke goes off, everything gets set back to zero. We kind of go to the time of the troglodyte. And you get these people that are hearing one story and just kind of passing it on till it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger to the point now where you have raider groups that have come back to Appalachia to find this treasure. And they don't even know what the treasure is, but they're doing everything in their power to get it. And I remember hearing that and saying to somebody, trying to explain to somebody, that it's essentially the bottle cap quest on a grander scale. And... Their first response was, wow, they can't think of anything for themselves. And I was like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah, they're fucking trying, dude. Not even that, but every story is just a copy of another story that's already been told. More or less at this point. Yeah, like, they definitely need to... They need a new direction in terms of storytelling. No, I don't even think that. I mean, yes, I think they need new writers, but but go on. I think they need a a new direction in terms of writing, just to kind of... Because right now we've kind of seen all that they're serving. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see them kind of step out of their comfort zone and give me something more. Show me what made me fall in love with you. Don't just give me the same shit because it's proven, you know? Yes. But this quest line, I mean, and from what I've played, I've only played the first, like, two or three quests of it, feels very much like... The pl- not the plot, but like what Gary Oldman's character in the Book of Eli is looking for. Okay. It it feels like that minus minus like he knows what he wants and he knows the book he's looking for. Um, this feels like everybody who works for Gary Oldman Gary Oldman's character looking for like they don't know what it is, but they know they did good when they bring home certain things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it feels like this kind of uh wild goose chase into whatever it could like it just it it feels i don't know how how to put it really it just feels right like it feels like an apocalypse story and it genuinely is like it genuinely has my interest like it pulled me in to like what is this like what could this be you know what i mean and i think that's exactly what they needed they needed something to draw some folks back not over the top not too over the top something reliable Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm happy with what they're giving us as much as i want more this is a good first step for me there are rumors that the brotherhood will be returning to appalachia and if they do i'm done with this game i'm not even going to give it the benefit of the doubt um there there that's 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 it like if you're just gonna that's that's where my point is if i'm done is maxon does not leave california why can't that be fucking sacrosanct why can't that be just one thing that is not touched like i get it you have to put the brotherhood in it to sell copies because at this point people know the brotherhood fine have it be the east coast brotherhood do not have it be west coast brotherhood do not talk about west coast brotherhood that is very important. You know what I mean? This is the earliest we've ever seen the time. This is earlier. This is like 60 years? 55 years? Uh, I'd say around there, yeah. Before Fallout 1. I think Fallout 1's like 80-something years after. Um, I think. It's like 2160-something. Um, yeah. 
just just do not touch that. I I kind of am waiting to see if they're like, all right, the following is canon, the rest is not. Like, yeah, I don't think that they're in the market for caring about that right now. They're too busy fixing their own ass to care about what's canon. I yeah, feel like. I know. It's just, but this is kind of a segue into what I wanted to talk about. Um. 76 comes out we're not we're okay so 76 comes out and it's it's a bethesda game studios game right Mm -hmm. so it's a it's it they they publish a lot of other people's games but the only games that they were making originally were elder scrolls right yeah and then they acquired fallout then they were acquired fallout so it was all of the original elder scrolls oblivion no yes oblivion came out sometime in between them starting the creation of Oblivion and it coming out, they acquired the rights to the Fallout franchise, put out Fallout 3. Then they just fucked it up with Fallout 3. So now, at this point, the only two games that they are, I don't want to say making, but they are making pretty much, are Elder Scrolls up until 4 and Fallout 3. Right? Then Skyrim comes out and then Fallout 4. Skyrim came out in 2011, Fallout 4 came out in 2015, uh, 2018 we got 76. When do you think we're going to get Starfield? Because I kind of have a timeline in my head picked out. My timeline looks like this. Starfield 2022, Elder Scrolls 2024. Really? Or 2025, I haven't really decided yet, depending on what E3s look like coming up. Well, uh, I definitely think E3. Starfield they want to have out within the next two years. Okay, yeah, because that's kind of where I'm at. I'm seeing 2021 the earliest. We're going to hear about it this year, I think, during um, what should be their E3. They're going to probably do like a live stream. Yeah. Um, Twenty. We're going to. We're probably going to hear more about it this year. They're going to say 2021. They're going to say fall 2021. We're not going to get it till uh, 2022. Elder Scrolls, I don't think we're going to get till 2025, 2026, and we will not get Fallout 5 up until 2029, 2030. Do you really think it's going to be another decade before Elder yeah. Scrolls? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's going to be why? It's going to be 2025 for Elder Scrolls 6. Absolutely it's going to be 2025. If they rush it 2024, 2023. But 25 for Elder Scrolls, 20, the earliest 28 for Fallout 5, 29 realistically, definitely, uh, if they push it back and really, really polish the game, 2030. It depends on if they make a new engine, too, because they want to use the creation engine for Elder Scrolls 6. So, I do not... I'm not really sure what I think about that. What do you mean? I mean... Creation Engine has served them well, but I feel like there's definitely room for improvement. Yeah, when there's the same bugs yeah. that have been in it for decades. Yeah. Or Either... at least they can, like, look at those glaring issues. Don't they update Unreal, like, every year? Um, Unreal, ha- Unreal has regular updates. So, just either... Okay, even if they did a total overhaul and it became, like, the Creation Engine 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a Which better version of it. At this point, it's definitely 
it's definitely shifted like mm-hmm. that. Like it's definitely gotten better. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean but it's not perfect. Yeah, and that's why I think they're really cuz even if you watch interviews with Todd Howard, um there's one with I think IGN recently like within the past 6 to 8 months came out that I watched and they were like when can we expect Elder Scrolls 6 and he's just like it's it's coming. And he's like when? He's like it's going to be here. It'll be here when it's here. Yeah, and like I really think they're going to take the most time they can on it and that's why I do not think we're going I do not think we're going to get it till 2024. I don't think we're going to get a new GTA until 2026. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they just started pre-production, like pre, 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 pre-production, and from what I understand, um, there's rumors it's going to be a woman as the as the protagonist, which is cool because I've never done that before. That. Yeah, and uh, there's also rumors that it's going to be episodic, which I don't really like. I mean, we're kind of looking in terms of like the way the industry is going as getting things in kind of modular pieces. And, like, there's benefits and drawbacks to each of those things. But I think if you have a dedicated team that is not going to worry about pushing out this ginormous blob of a project Mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time with very limited hours, I think it makes sense. I feel like it's good for the industry to have smaller releases more frequently. I I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it more from a consumer standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I have trouble doing that uh for the sole reason that when a new series comes out on netflix and i binge it in one day i don't remember what happens when the next season comes out so i want to sit down for a few hours over four or five days and get a complete story uh i think it's neat you can sorry understandable so I, I like I, I don't want to watch a movie in four parts. You know what I mean? I want to watch a movie. Yeah. I want to sit down and watch the movie. Um, I don't like the idea of it being episodic for that reason. A few other reasons, too. But, like, recently I saw something on Twitter that said, when I see 100-plus hours of gameplay, that's a deterrent and not a feature that I want. I agree. I don't have enough in me to play in a 100-hour game. Yeah. Not even, not even that. It's just, like... I'm, I was uh, you find me in the like thirty, the twenty to forty hours. You can get me with a thirty-hour game, perfect, because I will beat it to death in sixty hours. Yeah, yeah. A, you're for right. me, a thirty-hour game is easily a sixty-hour experience because I take my time. Usually, I like to pick apart games. That's kind of my thing. Yeah, I just I, well, that was sorry, that was a sidetrack. Um, so these these games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And every game is getting delayed, and I mean, also not to mention like what's going on right now. You can't have a full studio doing things. Yeah, but you can't work from home. Working from home is extremely difficult with uh, technical projects like this. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of um, when you're working, especially with big like scene files. Mm-hmm. A lot of those don't transfer with version controls. So you have to do a lot of the things on like local servers, depending on how it is. Really, um, everyone's workflow is different, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not as easy as coming home with your laptop and just doing things. You know. See, I would have assumed like that's what happened with um, you know, the Toy Story story. Yeah. 
where the guy like was working on it at home and they like deleted it at Pixar. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, wait, I have a backup. <laughs> like, um, I just assume that like you can do something like that or like you could at least work on textures at home. Like if you can't work on big stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I mean, it, the games industry is inherently like team based. So kind of having that uh, that space to work as a team and it's easier to pop into someone's office and say, hey, um, can we make a change here, here and here and have it done by next week than to send an email, have them say, oh, sorry, I got this late. I was busy taking a shit and making lunch. I'll mm-hmm. I'll do it in a couple days. And then a couple days come and I'm like, oh, hey, where is it? It's you There's get no caught up in. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I mean, there is accountability because if you do that too much, you'll lose your fucking job. Um, but it still doesn't. Um, it's still hard to have that team unity and have like everyone on the same page when everyone's scattered to the wind. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about The Last of Us. Speaking okay. of all of this, it got pushed back, and I think now it's coming out in July, I think. Yeah, I can pull it up. Give me a sec. Please. Um, it got pushed back, and I and I don't think it was necessarily because of the Rona, but I think it was because of people uh, don't want to June play. 19th is its current release date. Oh, shit. It's even earlier than I thought. So that's good, um, yeah. I don't think it was so much of... I don't think it was so much of the the Rona that was affecting how people work, but I think it was more of, like, I don't want to play about an infection during an infection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And now that everything's starting to die down, and since America's the only country that can't fucking follow the rules of how to not die, um, they're starting to slowly, like, open everything back up, and Japan is where Sony is from, and Sony wants to make the most money in its home country, so... You know what I mean? Um, The Last of Us 2's ending got leaked, and before you click away, don't worry. We're We're not not spoiling it. We're not even touching it. I don't know what happened. I don't care to know what happens. Please do not ruin it for anybody. Ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, somebody was a disgruntled employee and leaked it because they were saying that there was a massive amount of crunch that was going on, which... And let's be completely transparent about this. Crunch is terrible for the industry and bad for industry personnel. Okay, I get that. I'm totally there for you. And I don't want to sound like an idiot when I say this, but I I, I know that unions are what is going to come out of not this particular, but like this overall situation. Hopefully. But I think unionizing for games is overall... It, it It's what will hurt the industry more than anything. And I don't mean... And I mean it monetarily. And I'll tell you... And I know that, like, money isn't important, whatever. But hear me out, alright? Yeah, I'll hear you out. It takes this massive... Like, these games that take five, six, seven, eight years to be made. I heard that the Final Fantasy VII remake will not be... It's estimated that it won't be done... Until 2024, 2025. And that's a game that's being remade. You know what I mean? From the ground Like, they're rewriting things or redoing things, but it's so massive that it's going to take five to six years to re-release a remake that by the time it gets done, two years later, they'll probably remake it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
if you have union rules where you you can't work any more than 40 hours, you have to do this, you have to do that, this has to be a thing, we're going to be waiting longer for games. And I think that's I'd rather to... wait long. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think this is going to hinder the consumer experience. And I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, fucking, you should be happy to work. Duh, 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 and sound like a fucking idiot. I'm not. I'm just saying from a realistic point of view, I'm not taking one side or the other, that I think it's going to wind up hurting more than anything. It's rumored that PS5 games are going to start costing 80 bucks. Right there is a deterrent for me. I don't have a lot of time to play games, so I don't want to put 80 bucks into a game that I might like. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I mean, what I the way that I kind of approach this is I would rather have a team of uh, dedicated, creative, healthy, uh, and not abused workers work on a project and it take an extra year or even two. Hell, I'll wait an extra five years if I know that not a single person on that team is being neglected because I know how bad it can get. Like I've, um, I have some friends that are in industry right now and it's fucking crushing. Like my one friend is crunching right now and it is making her absolutely miserable. I hear you and I agree with you. I don't want you to think that I disagree, but like, what is the console life cycle? Six years, eight years, right? Uh, it depends. Let's um, say I'd say six years is a decent bet. Um, support uh, support timeline is probably like ten to fifteen. Okay, but think about when you're trying to build a game for the 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 newest, biggest, best console, right? If it takes you six years and you start when the console was first made. By time the game comes out, like, you could be already on the track to the next console coming out. Like, you missed a huge window of opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that it's that, like, oh, crunch is good and people that are being taken taken advantage of are great. But, like, you see these companies that are taking advantage of their employees and nobody's fucking doing anything about it. Like, we sat here mm-hmm. and talked about how Randy Pitchford allegedly, allegedly, I'm not saying he does this, allegedly has child pornography, like, in abundance. And we were talking about how he took advantage of his team. But everyone went out and bought Borderlands 3. Even me went out and bought Borderlands 3 the day it came out. And, and like, 60%, if not higher, of, of Borderlands 3 sales were all digital. So you're going to sit here and talk about how evil this company is and how evil the corporation is and how he stole money from, allegedly stole money from people for a bonus, but then we're still going to go out and buy their games. So, like, here's the divide. Pick one. Like, are you going to be, are you going to talk about it? Are you going to be about it? Like, I understand that people are suffering and it sucks. And it almost, in a way, seems like a first world problem. But at the same time, it's like, we're not, like, I just don't, I think that, I think it would hinder, and, and it sucks that I, it has to be like that, but I think it would hinder the, 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 the way games are bought and the way games are sold in the future because of it, unless we honestly move to a model that is like the, what is rumored for GTA 6. The thing... I, I I do like the model for GTA 6 that we are hearing about. My thing is, and this is not an excuse and I'm not trying to get political or anything whatsoever, um, I've met this one friend that says 
there is it's like one of her quotes and she says there is no ethical consumption under capitalism but that's not an excuse so like it's that's what kind of sucks because you have this team of 300 people that worked and put their heart soul and probably fucking blood into this product that ultimately is being handled by a, a monster and it's impossible in that situation to have the moral high ground because if you don't buy it, then it's just a reason that that company is going to fire all these creative professionals that do good work and that um, do what I love and create experiences that I want to have just because there's like kind of one bad egg spoiling the bunch, you know? Yeah, but also it comes down to and I like the idea of what is art, what is not art, and when does art become like when is art a pro- just a product? When does art go from being art to being just a product? Right. Right. Yeah. And I was having this conversation the other day at work, and we were talking about movies, and I was saying how certain movies, even though they're big products, still feel like art to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a huge movie when it came out, made a ton of money, but it felt like a love letter to older Hollywood. And you feel that when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. When you ha- when you ha- make something like Avengers, it just it's just seems like they're pandering to adult man children to say like, oh look, that's my character from book. Like, and there doesn't feel like there's a lot of love there. It feels like an algorithm could have printed it. Um, and like. Let's be honest, Stan Lee showing up in those movies is fucking pandering, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, When you get a team, like when you play uh, Morrowind or you play Oblivion, and there is like maybe 30 people working on that game, it shows, but you feel the love that was put into it. Mm. When you get a massive 600-person team... Like, too many cooks, you know what I mean? Like, like, and that's, like, another weird thing that it kind of, that I, I'm seeing. And then another thing that I wanted to talk about that I've been noticing, and I've been hearing it on this, this one podcast I listen to, is what is the difference between a single-A, double-A, triple-A, and indie game? Well, the general breakdown, the way that I see it, and the way that it's generally seen, is that your options are independent development, which is an indie game, um, indie teams could be anywhere from a single person to, like, hell, like, 20, 30 people could still be an indie team. It's all yeah. based on uh, resources, capital, um, team size to an extent, and also publishing. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of indie games being professionally published. They're usually self-published or published by smaller companies and studios. Um, and you do get those... Uh, you get smaller experiences... But I feel like you do get very personal experiences with indie games like that. Um, that's not to say that, that these are, like, written in stone. Like, I had really, like, great personal experiences with the Telltale games, but they were still published under a, a relatively big company. Yeah. Um, but AAA games are published by massive publishers, have teams that are usually well over 100 to 300, and um, have basically financial investment and capital from other industry i don't want to say leaders but industry uh stakeholders and shareholders okay so the way i have all i've always seen it was a triple a game was just a big game 
Like, I never saw AAA... Like, I saw AAA games being Call of Duty because it was a big game. You know what I mean? Halo mm-hmm. 3, AAA. Then you, I would see something like... Like, but like at the same time, I remember thinking Fallout Three was a triple A game, but apparently it wasn't. Apparently it was a double A game, which doesn't fucking really make a lot of sense to me. Because I mean, Fallout Three was a triple A game, was it? Because I don't remember hearing the Fallout series being referred to as a triple A game until Fallout Four. I remember hearing something going, "Now that Fallout is a triple A franchise," and I'm going, "It wasn't to begin with." You know what I mean? Like, I mean, all the interplay is definitely not triple A. Those no, were but smaller. There was, like, 50 people that worked on Fallout 3. Yeah. I mean, you know still, I mean? it was still published by Bethesda, which at that time had made it big off of Elder Scrolls. And they I were understand. Up, they were big, they were getting big in the industry at the time in RPG, in the RPG space. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, I think what is the true, the true definition, it's like Band-Aid versus Adhesive Bandage, in mm-hmm. a sense. Like, everybody calls it, like, everybody calls it this, this, or that. But it's it's this is band aid brand band aid and that's a generic ad- adhesive patch. You know what I mean? Like, um, like growing up, all of my favorite games on the GameCube were all technically double A games: Simpsons Hit and Run, I Ninja, uh, Godzilla, the fucking Godzilla fighting game I had. Uh, the only one, like even maybe maybe Sonic Adventure Two, I could see being triple. Maybe. Well, at the time, uh, the games industry was a lot smaller. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, these, like, Destroy All Humans is a perfect example of a double-A game, and, like, yeah. a single-A game, I would say would be, like, um, Mercenaries 2, double-A game. I yeah. would say that, uh, like, like, like compilation packs, like the Sonic Collection, or when the Wii had all that shovelware, that's a single-A game, and then, in, like, Studio MDHR, who made um, Cuphead, Cuphead, I yeah. looked up, they have 19 people that work for them. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's indie, but it's also funded by Microsoft. But not every indie studio has that opportunity. No, I understand that, but I'm saying the, shouldn't that the be bumped up to single A the, at that point? The indie space. What's that? I mean, I see what you're saying, but is it really that important to classify things like this? No, it's not. But we don't have anything but AAA anymore. Doom twenty, Doom Eternal, AAA release. Animal Crossing, AAA release. How many single and double A release for the average consumer can say that? Oh, that's a double A, or that's like pretend like they understand that your average fucking comes home from work, has a beer, and plays fucking video games for an hour before the wife starts yelling at him. Like that type of average consumer. Do um, they know what a double single triple is? Probably not, but no, let's pretend I, I like they do. I don't think they really care. All of the games that come out, you don't hear about anything that coming out other than triple A. Because that's where the advertising budgets are. I understand that, but I'm saying, like, I remember... Bullshit. I mean, n- bullshit, yes and no, because this is also more than a decade old. But mm. let, me, let, me just, let me just say this one thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't. Finish the sentence. I don't know how to finish the sentence. Sucker tried to play me because you never paid me never. Oh, no, you didn't. Was was that in San Andreas? No, that's fucking Mercenaries 2. Oh, it is Mercenaries 2. I played very little of Mercenaries 2. Yes, I understand that, but you know that song, right? Yeah, probably. 
So that commercial, I remember seeing it all the fucking time. That's a double-A game that the studio went under shortly after. I think Pandemic made the Saboteur, and that was their last... Which you should play. If you haven't played that game, that's a phenomenal game. I've I've heard it's it's a good game. It's the only game where the protagonist is Irish, one. And two, uh, you play in Nazi-controlled France... And uh, as you take over, it's black and white, and as you take over, color returns. That, oh, that idea alone. Incredible. Yeah. That's a... I mean, it's not the best game ever, but it's a fucking good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's a double-A game. It's something that was that was fun and open, and you could kind of mess around with for a little while. And then when the triple-A games came, you obviously bought, bought them. But, like, most people, I don't think that their favorite games are triple-A games. You know what I mean? Because there's not so much love and compassion that's put into it. You're going to go see Star Wars when it comes out because it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural phenomenon to go see Star Wars. And yes, there are people whose favorite movies are Star Wars. But most people, I think if you ask them what their favorite movie is or what their favorite something or other is, it's... It'll be something relevant at the time. (laughs) Not just something relevant at the time, but like my one of my favorite movies of all time is Annie Hall. That's a good movie. It's a fucking great movie, but I don't think that Annie Hall, even though it's probably, probably, honestly, Woody Allen's most known movie, um, it's not on the same scale as anything that just comes out that's these huge box office releases. Like, and it's, it's hard to, to, to It's hard to compare apples and oranges like this, though. What do you mean? Like, there's a difference between, like something like a passion project like Annie Hall and though it was probably published by a big company it was obviously something that was written it was for him he made yeah. that for himself yeah and it's really hard to compare that with something like the avengers because they're two things that are their purposes are completely different no i know i but that's what i'm saying that's and they're saying. they're both movies but they're they're apples and oranges but do you understand what I'm trying to get at, though? I'm trying yeah. to say that, like, what is art versus what is just a product? And something like Halo 3 and Halo Reach being these massive games that I have these incredibly fond memories of, I have to realize, after Halo 3, they were pretty much products. They finished the story. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, finished the fight. It was over. They were probably... Microsoft probably went... I think Bungie was still doing it at the time, and if it wasn't, it was uh, 343 Studio, Mm -hmm. and that was a Microsoft-owned company, and Bungie was like, we're good. We don't have to do this much more. Like, you tell a story until you can't... Like, until the story's over. Once the story's over, you can't keep going to the same well because it's dry. So, Mm -hmm. that's what I like about, like, like, um, The Last of Us definitely definitely felt like something that had love and compassion in it yeah that's there was why a s- lot of care put into that game exactly and that that's team why did an I'm, amazing job it's it's a great game the ending sucks but it's a great game yeah. and that's why i'm excited to see the last of us 2 because it continues that mm-hmm. and but at the same time i don't think we're going to need a last of us 3 4 and 5 Exactly. What we'll probably wind up getting in two or three years is The Last of Us a prequel of another character that was a big deal, uh, and then we might get a Last of Us like spinoff, but fucking Uncharted. Uncharted 1's okay, Uncharted 2's amazing, Uncharted 3 is alright, and I remember tr- seeing that... 3 was Drake's Descent, right? 
I don't remember. I don't remember the names. I just know the number. Hmm. Um, two's fucking amazing. Two, I remember playing that like when I, I was in I school. I think I played three. What's up? I think that I played three. Three's okay. Three's all right. Um, it's not. It's not as good as two was. And four's really cinematic. There's a lot of things that are just like, yeah, okay, that definitely could happen. But like, it wrapped everything up. Like that's what I liked about. It. I was like, and we're done. You know what I mean? Like, nice and tight. Put a bow on it. We're, we're out. Mm-hmm. They could have probably. I think they could have done a couple things differently, but I think Uncharted 4 is a fine game. And it, they're done. They said, we're not making any more. And if they do, it's going to be spinoffs like they made with the... Or like re-releases. Which, I mean, kind of unpopular opinion, I'm okay with re-releases. I am and I'm not. I I'm, I, I am and I'm not also. Uh, just so you know, we're at uh, five over an hour. Yeah, it's all good. I got a, yeah. I got a lot of editing. Yeah, so um, I'll let you know. Um... I am and I'm not because because my the one thing is like I'll look at my PlayStation game collection and be like, how come everything almost everything I own is um how come almost everything I own is uh, a remake or a remaster? Like why don't I have anything new? But like even the stuff that's new, going back to massive massive companies and whatnot, Red Dead Two, right? It's no secret I don't like Red Dead Two. But it's a game that had 600 plus people working on it, probably, and it has hundreds of hours of gameplay. I don't care how realistic an iguana sounds or looks. I care about how fun the game is. You know what I mean? The team for Red Dead Redemption 2 consists of over 3,000 individuals. Holy shit, really? Yep. Oh my god. But you see what I'm saying? Red like, Dead 2 was a big game. But at the same time, it's like, when do we hit the point of just hedonism and decadence for the sake of decadence? Like, can we not just have a game... Like, are, like just because it has all the bells and whistles doesn't mean that it's good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like wearing nothing but designer clothing but having $32 to your name. You yeah. look good, but are you good? You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot. It, it it didn't. There was a lot of content in in Red Dead Two, but I never felt the need to see any of it. Also, right, yeah. something I wanted to bring up to you, and I think it's ridiculous how there's a double standard within within gaming right now, is that Nintendo can put out anything and it's regarded as amazing, but you get a game like Seventy Six that's put out broken. Or, or unfinished. Let me let me rephrase that. You get a game like 76 that's put out unfinished. But Nintendo, like, just admitted that they put out Animal Crossing unfinished. And they updated it. And everybody was like, greatest company ever. They cut Whoa. out how many characters from the original game? They cut out from, from the game when it was still on just GameCube. They cut out uh, things that were in... Uh, what was it? New Leaf, the one before it, and then they brought it back in an update, and they were just like, "And it's here," like, and and they they touted it as free DLC. That just seems like the game was unfinished when they put it out. Because because here's here's my rationale: the game was supposed to come out one day, and they pushed it back, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "All right, well, it's going to come out now." And they knew, I think, they knew that because uh, the Last of Us Two is coming out when June. Yeah, it was originally set to release in February. And it's... Okay. As of the recording of this, I think it just went gold. So, 
that's just going to be published. It's or it's it's finished. There's no more anything that of work to be done. It's ready to rock, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is it? It's May. So next month, you know what I mean? Like they only really need a month to produce the product, right? Mm-hmm. The Rona was in full effect, and I think Nintendo just saw, all right, well, if the Rona's going to be in full effect for the rest of the world, let's just put the game out and we'll finish it. I think that's fucked up. <laughs> I think it's fucked up for you to, like, like, if I go over to somebody's house and start putting sheetrock up, and it's like, all right, I put the sheetrock up, everything's put, but I didn't paint. So let me know when you want to start putting the paintings up, and you want to put the posters and all I the kids' like achievements on the wall, and then I'll come over and paint. not that simple. I just, you should delay it. Like, the, the guy, what's his name? From Nintendo that I always say, a delayed game is better than a bad one. And I'm not saying Animal mm-hmm. Crossing was bad, but I'm saying no, that there's a double really standard good. of, if any other company puts out a game, like like Bethesda has said it, we'll put out a game, and if, it, if it's not exactly how we want it, we can update it. And that's the, wrong to think like that. The difference here is that Animal Crossing released, and it was good. Where 76 released, and it was bad. I understand that. But now that we understand that the game wasn't finished in that capacity, I mean, we... I also don't think that saying that it's that just because there's DLC that expands upon the game doesn't mean that it originally wasn't finished. It just means that the plans that they had were ambitious and they didn't have the time to do all of it. I understand. That's what a very saying. normal thing. It happens all the time. No, I understand that. But when you cut out a character like Red that has been in it from the first game. You know what I mean? When you cut out... Um, there's a bunch of other things about the game that I'm just kind of upset with. Like, how come in every other Animal Crossing, uh, your uh, equipment never broke, but this one they break? Like, why don't I have the option to have unbreakable stuff? Um, I mean, you can get gold tools later on, but... Yeah, but that's after I've already done it all. Like, I'll get my gold shovel, but it's after I already have all the fossils. I can get a gold fishing rod, but it's after I've already caught all the fish. It, it it there's a I was talking about it in Discord. There's a whole process of like this is a game meant to relax, right? Animal Crossing more or less is a game meant to relax and then worry about your turnip prices. I don't want to have to worry about having to go farm material to go make something. I just want to be able to make what I need one time and then relax in the world and just kind of exist in that existence. I mean that's a that's a valid critique of like a system that you don't like about the game and that's okay. I personally no, I... like the destructible tools. I think they break a little bit too easy. I think yeah. that could be adjusted, but I like the idea meter. of going and making things. I, I I just I just think that I don't get me wrong. I play the game. I don't play the game like a lot. I come home from work and I turn it on and I collect my fossils and then I pretty much get off. I don't really do anything else. Um. Also, the menus in the game fucking are atrocious. They're... They leave some desire, yeah. How come for me to go to a friend's island, I gotta go through four or five different menu options, and... Oh my god. Um, And then, god forbid, you fucking hit the button on accident. There's no way to go back. It's just a whole... um, Yeah, I just think the game was released unfinished... And the only, I think I think one of the biggest reasons why it was accepted the way it was accepted, like so, uh, so warmly, like it sold, like this sold on the same scale as Zelda and Mario at this point, and it, Smash. It's sold on a scale that is so much larger than all of those things. Yeah, 
At this and... point, almost combined. Wait, what do you mean? Like, I'm pretty sure that Animal Crossing has outsold, like, Smash and Zelda, like, combined. But that, I could be talking out of my ass. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Yeah. I know that it already broke a lot of the records they had. Uh, it's really, holy shit. So, the top five... Why, 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 why? The top five are with 22.96 million is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Two is Smash with 17.68. Odyssey is uh, 16.59. Zelda is 16.34. And Sword and Shield combined is 6.06. Splatoon 2 is at number seven with 9.81. Animal Crossing is number nine with 8.89 million. Mm. Wow, that's a lot. Um, I know that it had better like opening weeks. Yes, but maybe yes. like conglomerate, like those other games have been out so much longer. Um, that as well. But I'm saying that like this is now like Nintendo is going to look at this as another flagship series. Well, it you has I mean? always been a flagship series for them. No, I know, but I'm saying they're going to look at this the way they look at. Zelda and Mario and how they should look at Metroid and how they should look at Star Fox. Like, they're going to look at this as as a very big moneymaker. They're going to be looking at this as when you think of Nintendo, you think of quality and you think of Mario. And they want to make it where you think of... And, and at this point, it's Mario and Zelda because Breath of the Wild was massive. And... If Smash is one of the biggest sold games for it, you know that everybody knows all of those other characters as well, to some capacity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I've only so, ever played one Fire Emblem game, but I know all the Fire Emblem characters in see what I mean? Smash, and I know even, like, more beyond that, just from what my friends tell me. Like, Yeah. So... This, like, it just it just scares me when I... Because, like, Nintendo, as much as I... As I will hate on them. I still have such a soft spot for them. I also think that the way they're handling their consoles is wrong, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that double standard of it. Like, uh, did you hear today? There was an announcement that in cyberpunk 2077, you can modify the size of your genitals. I don't need that. Why not? I mean, why not? Fine. But, like, I don't need that. Yeah. Uh, you can I need my turnip size. prices to be over 200. I don't need that. You're what? I need my turnip prices to be over 200. I don't yeah. need that. Yeah, I fucking... I spent one point something million and I made some of it back. It was a fucking shit show. Um, then I paid off my loan. Um, yeah, good. The fuck was it? Yeah, you can you, you can you can change the size of your genitals, and then you can go have sex and get head. Was the article I saw on Twitter, um, and the people will comment on your size. Then I read somebody somebody tweeted, "I'm going to make the biggest, strongest, beefiest man with the smallest dick, and just overcompensate with everything." 
I mean, this game seems buck wild at this point. I'm kind of excited to see where it goes, but I am reserving any judgment on it until I have it in my hands. Yeah, I have a feeling it's either going to be the greatest game ever or a massive disappointment. I mean, I feel like a lot of the games that end up in your hands become massive disappointments to you. (laughs) No, I don't know anything about the game other than you can change the size of your genitals and Keanu Reeves is in it. I know literally nothing about it. Um, I don't know much about it. The only stuff I know about Cyberpunk is the tabletop RPG. Yeah. I only know that um, Reddit... Which is cool as hell, by the way. I've never played it. Do you know it's made by a black dude? What? You know it's made by a black dude? Um, I actually didn't know that. And you know who could probably provide the soundtrack to the impending apocalypse that is that is still coming? Shane Ivers. Thank you. If you want to get our intro music, that is Feather Duster. That is at www.silvermansounds.com slash free music slash feather duster. Vince, do you have things to say about the internet? Please follow us on social media. There's links to our social media in the link in the description below. Uh, there'll be links there to our personal Twitters and to the show's Twitter. Uh, and while you're down there, click on the link to join our Discord. The uh, Discord is like a forum that we stream in, and it's the greatest thing. It's just so fun to have a bunch I of people like minded people. When I grow up, what's up? I want to be Discord when I grow up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, go ahead and join. Come on in. Say hello. Uh, if you're listening to us on YouTube, thank you. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like. Throw us a comment or something. Um, you can download us anywhere where you can download a podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. If you could throw us a bone by by just like I said before, commenting or rating us or just showing a friend, even if you just make a friend, like even if you have a really uncomfortable car ride with a friend and you make them listen to like 15 minutes of it and like nobody's like, what's going on? And you're just like, haha, listen, just keep going. Um, thank you. Um, if you want to support the show, you can find our Redbubble again, just link in the description below. The Redbubble will have uh, shirts, clocks, blocks, duvets, shower curtain, bags, uh, stickers. Any of that mugs. beautiful merch and jazz. Yeah, you can find that shit all there. Uh, and if you really, really like the show, you can throw us a couple bucks on Patreon. And uh, we have a few people that we have to thank because they want to see the show get a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. But again, this is not a mandatory thing. Uh, it is just if you like the show and you want to see it become bigger and better than what it already is. All right. So our first person that we have to thank is the Friendly Companion Cube. Thank you, Cube. Cube, I hope you're doing good. Yeah, be safe. Wash your hands. We then have Noah. Hey, Noah. Be safe. Wash your hands. Everybody wear a mask. We have a Gage twice. Thank you, Gage twice. Thank you, one, for your Patreon contribution. And thank you for uh, providing the Discord with Nitro so we can do all the fun Nitro things. Because that's where it's at. Yeah. We have Jordan with a Y. Jordan with a Y. Thank you, Jordan with a Y. And we have Danny. Thank you, Danny. And welcome. Make sure everybody's washing your hands. Welcome. Yeah, wash your hands, everyone. Wear masks. Like, be safe. Don't be a dingus. Cough on old people. Only if you don't like them. No, don't do that. That's wrong. I wonder if you can hit with manslaughter. Maybe. That'd be fun. Yeah. 
Yo, what happened to Vince? He's in jail. What happened? He coughed on the olds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've had to go to the bathroom since we've been talking about Randall, Randall Avola. Um, That's a pretty long while away. Yeah. I'm going to go. Cool. I'm going to eat some chips and watch a movie. Wash your hands and wear a condom. Wash your condom and wear your hands. <laughs> Atomic Radio Hour.